Welcome to Mariner's Church Weekend Message Podcast, inspiring people to follow Jesus and fearlessly change the world. Discover your purpose and get connected by visiting marinerschurch.org or click the link in the show notes. Mariner's Church, I have missed you so much. I am so excited to be back this weekend teaching God's Word. Thank you for allowing me to have a study break over the last month. I'm so excited about the messages that God has burned into my heart for 2023. I can't wait to share with you where we're going to be going as a church, and I'm so excited about about what we're going to be studying together as God's people. It's going to be incredible. But this weekend, we are continuing in our study of the Holy Spirit. Really, for the next four weeks, I'm going to be teaching about the Spirit in you and what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. And so I'm I'm eager to look at the scripture together with you today. And I just want to thank you for joining us and being a part. He lacks confidence. She lacks confidence. You've probably heard this said before, and it's said of students, it's said of athletes, it's said of business leaders. And typically when someone is saying he lacks confidence or she lacks confidence, they're saying Because the lack of confidence, the person's not living up to their full potential, is not being who the person can be. And there's all kinds of studies about the impact of not having confidence upon us. So here's just a couple of examples. Recently, in the American Journal of Social Science Research, we found that students who lack confidence in their academics, their anxiety goes up and their participation in school goes down. So scholarly research saying kids in school not having confidence, it it hurts them. So students are impacted by a lack of confidence. Not just in school, it's true on the athletic field. Dr. Jim Taylor is a sports psychologist, and he has studied the impact of mental confidence on an athlete's performance on the field. And here's what Taylor wrote. Confidence is the single most important mental factor in sports. That's big, single most important mental factor. You may have all the ability in the world to perform well, but if you don't believe you have that ability, then you won't perform up to that ability. So school, athletics, and also in the business world, this is true. Joseph Faulkman recently wrote in Forbes magazine that leaders who lack confidence, this has a direct impact on their performance as leaders, that as confidence wanes, so does the effectiveness of a leader. And and you probably did not need to know all of these research studies to understand that confidence or a lack of confidence really impacts us. Because all of us have, at some point in our life, felt the sting of a lack of confidence and the impact that that has had on our relationships, on our happiness, on our work, on our careers, in school. A lack of confidence is hampering. And you probably have met people who you thought were fully confident, but when they were transparent with you, you may have been surprised to find out that someone who you thought had it all together struggles with confidence. In other words, many of us struggle with a lack of confidence at some point in our lives. Eminem. The rapper, not the candy. Eminem, uh, he, in a, a couple years ago, had a, a hit song with Beyonce, and in the song, he shares his struggle with confidence. Now, this is 
one of the greatest hip-hop artists of all time, or the best-selling hip-hop artist of all time, one of the best-selling artists of all time, saying that he struggles with confidence. This is what Eminem rapped, and I know you've been missing me dropping some rap lyrics on occasion. Here's what he wrote. Always in search of the verse that I haven't spit yet, will this step just be another misstep to tarnish whatever the legacy, love, or respect I've garnered? The rhyme has to be perfect. The delivery flawless. And it always feels like I'm hitting the mark. So I go sit in the car, listen, and pick it apart. Kids look to me like as a God, if only they knew it's a facade and it's exhaustive. And I try not to listen to nonsense, but if you people are trying to strip me of my confidence, mission accomplished. I mean, get the picture. This is a man who has accomplished so much, very wealthy, sitting in his car and picking apart his craft, someone who has 15 Grammys saying that if you people are trying to strip me of my confidence, then your mission has been accomplished. And so clearly, wealth and success in our careers doesn't always equate having confidence. And so maybe you felt this, maybe today even, in some aspect of your life, you have lost some confidence. So because so many of us at times have struggled with confidence, in the last several decades, there has been this this reaction to our struggle with confidence called the self-esteem movement. In the self-esteem movement, you have drunk from a culture of the self-esteem movement where every kid gets a trophy, where everyone is said they're a winner, where we're trying so desperately to bolster our self-confidence, to bolster our self-esteem but has it worked? So we struggle with confidence, self-esteem movement comes in, has it worked? Has it actually delivered on giving us confidence or has it actually caused us to be more consumed with ourselves and not really happy in the end? Dr. Lauren Slater, she's a psychologist and she did lots of research on what she would call the damages of the self-esteem movement and in an article, In New York Times, she wrote this, people with high self-esteem pose a greater threat to those around them than people with low self-esteem and feeling bad about yourself is not the cause of our country's biggest, most expensive social problems. So Dr. Slater, psychologist said, the self-esteem movement has failed us. It's not only her, other psychologists have concluded the same thing. Roy Baumeister is a psychologist, and he researched gang leaders, D students, and convicts, and found that most of them have a high amount of self-confidence. And so their self-confidence did not result in a fruitful life. And many who have gone through the self-esteem movement have said, it's caused me to focus on myself, but it hasn't really delivered for me joy and peace and confidence. So what do we do? Is there an answer at all? I mean, we find that not having confidence hurts us. It hampers so many aspects in our lives, but then the whole self-esteem, self-confidence movement has failed us. So what do we do? No confidence isn't good. Self-esteem has failed. Is there a solution for the struggle we have with confidence? Is there an answer? Does following Jesus impact this at all? Does the Christian faith have anything to offer for those of us who 
would want more confidence, but realize the self-esteem movement has failed us. Is there a solution? So the central passage we're going to look at today in the book of Ephesians, we're going to look at two verses, gives us a beautiful answer to that question. There is a solution, and it's better than no confidence, and it's better than self-confidence. We're going to see what the Holy Spirit does in our lives as the Holy Spirit gives us confidence. Now, just a quick reminder, we believe as Christians that our God is one, yet three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And those of us who are Christians, when we believe in Jesus, the Spirit of God moves into our lives. And what does the Holy Spirit do for us in terms of our confidence? Look at these two verses with me, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. In him, that's in Christ, you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. This is such a rich passage. And I I want you to walk with me through this passage over the next couple of moments. The passage says, and the Apostle Paul wrote this to a group of Christians who lived in the city of Ephesus. He says, in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was promised to those of us who would believe in Jesus. Jesus actually is the one who promised the Holy Spirit. I want you to see with me four verses in the Bible. This is in the Gospel of John, where Jesus promises the Holy Spirit to his disciples. In fact, right where you are, I want you to read this aloud with me. I know we have people watching in homes, Mariners hosted here and in facilities. So glad you're with us. People, Mariners online right now, if you're by yourself or with a group of people, I want to invite you to read these verses with me aloud. John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. Here's Jesus. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever He is the spirit of truth. This is Jesus promising the Holy Spirit. Now look at John 14, verse 26. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. So here's Jesus. He's promising a counselor, the Holy Spirit. John 15, verse 26. When the counselor comes, the one I will send you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. And then now John 16, verse seven, read this with me. Nevertheless, I'm telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. If I go away, I will send him to you. And so then Jesus dies for our sins on the cross. He's resurrected from the dead and the Holy Spirit is sent, and to those of us who believe in him, we receive the promised Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was promised to those of us who believe. Now notice in all of those verses that we read together aloud, Jesus mentions the counselor. Now let me show you what this this looks like in the original language as Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit. 
The New Testament we just read is written in Greek. It's all Greek to me, right? So that's what it looks like in the original language. When it's transliterated, it's the word paraclete, which is a compound Greek word. So two words put together, para and kaleo. Makes up paraclete. And here's what para and kaleo mean. Para means to come alongside. It's this soft, relational word. And kaleo is a strong word. It's like a hard word. It means to call out. Like I'm going to call something out in your life kind of word. I'm calling you out for that. I'm going to call out the truth about what's going on in this situation. That's kaleo. Para is, man, I love you so much. I'm going to come alongside you. So Holy Spirit, counselor, paraclete, parakaleo, meaning this is so great. The Holy Spirit's the perfect counselor who, yes, calls out truth in our life, but comes alongside us as he does. He's the one who comes alongside you, and he's the one who leads you in truth. And isn't this what a great counselor does? For those of us who have gone to counseling or have been in therapy, I I have. I've sat across from a counselor, and the best counselor is one who calls out truth, who will call out something in my life that needs to change, but comes alongside. And Jesus is the perfect counselor. Para, he comes alongside. Kaleo, he calls out truth. Jesus is the promise. Jesus lets us know that the Holy Spirit's the promised one who comes alongside and who speaks truth into our lives. He's the paraclete, the perfect counselor. I've been here at Mariners for four years now. And twice in those four years, I've had moments that I felt completely overwhelmed with a decision or some issue that I was wrestling with. And the former pastor of Mariner's Church, Kenton B. Shore, he spoke for us a couple of weeks ago. He's been a counselor for me in those moments. Those two times I have called him and within 10 minutes, he has been at my house to speak truth, but he came alongside. It was so good for me. I heard truth from someone who was alongside of me a great counselor. But here's the deal about Kenton. At some point, he has to leave my house. I mean, he's not there. He's there for an hour, a couple hours sometimes, but at some point, he's got to go. In fact, my wife, Kay, at some point would say, baby, I mean, he's got to go. He can't stay here forever. He can't be the counselor that's with you all the time. But the Holy Spirit, oh, the Holy Spirit, he is the perfect counselor who is with you all the time for those of us who believe. He's the one who's alongside of you and he speaks truth. He's moved within us. We never leave his counseling office. We never get up from his couch. We never stop the conversation. He's always with us. I mean, you know the feeling if you've been to counseling before of when you walk out of the room and you've got this new perspective and you got this sense of confidence because you have um, a sense of understanding of a problem or you know, here's what I'm gonna do next and you see things a bit more clearly and you walk out of the office with with some pep in your step, like, boom, I know what I'm gonna do. You have some confidence, but you leave the office. The Holy Spirit is the one who comes alongside and speaks truth into your life and he never leaves, he never leaves. And so we're seeing so far in this passage that Jesus promises the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's the promised one, and spirit confidence is way better than self-confidence. Self-confidence 
fails me, has failed me. But spirit confidence, confidence that comes from the spirit who has moved in is far superior. Let's look again at the passage. In him, you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. You were sealed, the scripture says. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now notice this verse does not say that you were sealed by the Holy Spirit, but you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. And this is a big difference. It's not as if the Holy Spirit used something else to seal you, but no, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now to help us understand what this means that those of us who believe in Jesus sealed with the Holy Spirit, I wanna talk about Yellowstone, Kings, and water bottles. Okay, Yellowstone, Kings, and water bottles to help us understand what it means to be sealed with the Holy Spirit. Yellowstone, hit show, it's, it's a great show. It is um, Sopranos for Cowboys. It's like a cowboy version of Sopranos. And in season one, the very first episode, Jimmy is brought to the Dutton Ranch. John Dutton is the one who, who runs the Yellowstone Ranch. And Jimmy's dad brings Jimmy to the ranch. Jimmy uh, has a record. Nobody else is going to take him in. And his, his, uh, actually, his grandfather feels this is the last shot that Jimmy has to be accepted, to be in a family, to contribute to society. And so he asks Dutton to take Jimmy in. So in the very first episode, Jimmy is pulled out of um, the, the house where all of the ranchers are living in, and he's brought in the middle of night to be branded, to be sealed. And so someone takes this, um, this Yellowstone logo that is on this, this iron rod and puts it into the fire and then jams it into Jimmy's skin, and now he is marked, he is sealed with the Yellowstone brand. And so this is what it means for him. He's now, he, he belongs. He belongs to this family. He's in this family. And so first episode, you have this guy who didn't belong anywhere, who thought he had no future, and he's brought into a family and he's sealed with the Yellowstone seal. Now, the longer you watch the show Yellowstone, you find out that the Dutton family is flawed and they don't always have people's best intentions at the core of who they are. But when you are sealed with the Holy Spirit, you were sealed with the one who always has your best intentions in his mind. You were sealed with the one who is pure and perfect. You were brought into his family, sealed. You now belong to him. You've been brought into the family of God, sealed with the Holy Spirit, irrevocable. You are his forever, and you belong to the one whose intentions for you are always good because he's always good, sealed. So Yellowstone, kings, kings. In the Old Testament, kings would often seal a letter or a document with their ring. It, it was actually called their signet ring or their signature ring. And they would write a letter and then put their ring on the letter to seal it, essentially saying that whatever's in this letter belongs to me, and by my authority, I seal this. And so when we believe and we are sealed with the Holy Spirit, this means that we are under the authority 
of King Jesus. We belong to him and we actually now live with the authority of King Jesus. So we're sealed like Jimmy and Yellowstone. We belong to his family, but we're also sealed like a king would seal a letter, meaning that we're under the authority of King Jesus, which is beautiful because we belong to him and he's the pure and perfect King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and we are sealed by him. This has been really good for me in my journey as a Christian because there's many times where I have gotten out in my own authority Uh, stepped out underneath where the Spirit of God wants to lead me, but because I belong to Him, He pulls me back. He pulls me back because I'm sealed by Him. This is, um, gosh, in my late 20s, this one story I'm going to tell you. I was asked to be a teaching pastor at a a well-known church, and at the point in my life, I was in my late 20s, and I um, had started teaching more at the church that I was at where I was serving as executive pastor, but this, this really famous church asked me to be their teaching pastor. So I was like, Jack, like, boom, this is awesome. And everything on paper looked amazing. Um, I said, yes, I went out and spoke at that church and then they made the offer official. And Kay, my wife, still makes fun of me because of this, because the, the passage I spoke on at that church was Jesus teaching to let your yes be yes and your no, no. All right, so I said I was gonna go, said yes, literally taught a message that your yeses should be yes. But then the next couple of nights after telling this church yes, the Holy Spirit of God, who I am sealed with, caused me such discomfort. I couldn't sleep for two nights, maybe three nights, and just knew that I was making a move that was not under the authority of him, that I was making a move that in my confidence, and I can do this, this is about, I, I want this, I want this, but, but I wasn't under his authority, and he caused me such discomfort that I had to call the church that I preached a message about letting your yes be yes and your no, no, and tell them that my yes is not a yes, my yes is actually a no, and I'm not moving, I'm staying in Miami at the church that I'm currently serving. And then the next several years were such an incredible sweet time there. Both of our daughters were born there. We had such great memories that I would have missed out on if I had gone with my own authority. But the Holy Spirit loves me so much that the Holy Spirit wasn't going to let me go under my own authority. He was reminding me that he's the king who has sealed me. You, if you've believed in him, you have been sealed with the Spirit. Sealed also reminds us of of a water bottle. So when I've been on global mission trips and into like remote villages where they're selling water in these little uh, mobile, um, you know, these little push mobile uh, carts and and the leader of the trip has always said, hey, listen, you got to drink purified water or you'll get sick on this trip. So when you buy water from one of those carts, be sure that the seal hasn't been broken because if the seal hasn't been broken, you know that what's inside the water bottle is pure because it's been sealed. You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. And you may not feel pure. I don't feel pure often because we still struggle with sin and with shame. We struggle, but Jesus Christ has declared us to be pure and he has sealed us with his spirit, and we are pure because he has made us pure. We are forever his. You are forever 
his son forever, his daughter, if you've believed in him, because he has sealed you. You are in his family, sealed. You are under his authority, sealed. And you are forever pure by his grace and mercy, sealed, which means you're always going to be his if you've believed in him. Now, the reason this verse is is so um, ingrained or sealed in me is it was one of the first verses that I memorized my senior year in high school, right after I became a Christian. So senior year in high school is when I believed in Jesus for the first time, received his mercy and grace. Holy Spirit seals me, but I wrestled all the time thinking that maybe I did something at school today that caused me to lose my salvation. I mean, before I became a Christian, I never felt guilty for losing my temper in practice or um, having some impure thoughts in school or being in a gossipy conversation in school. I, I, like, that never bothered me. But after becoming a Christian, Holy Spirit lives within me. I'm now uncomfortable with some of these things. And driving home from school, I would think, man, did I, did I lose my salvation today? Do I need to become a Christian all over again? In fact, I remember one time getting home from school, my senior year in high school, and my parents not being there. This is after basketball practice. And usually that time in the afternoon, both my mom and my father were there, but they were not there. Now, this is a time in, um, gosh, 1994, in which a whole bunch of people were really excited about studies on the end times in the scripture. There were songs about Jesus coming back and somebody being left behind. And there was all these books about being left behind. And, and I remember and there was movies coming out about being left behind. And I remember coming into my home senior year in high school thinking, did I do something at school today where I'm no longer a Christian because I, I, I'm so messed up still. I'm so jacked up in my life that now I'm, I'm no longer forgiven. And I walk in and my parents aren't there. And I actually thought, dude, Jesus came back and my parents are gone, and I'm stuck here. The only hope for me is to run off to the woods, not accept the mark of the beast, and live off berries. I mean, that's the only way I'm not doomed. And then finally, my my parents came home, and everything was fine. But I remember thinking, this is a miserable way to live, to not have the confidence that I really belong to him. It's a miserable way to live, to have confidence in myself, to think I'm the one who's going to keep me a Christian. And so I threw myself into the scripture trying to understand salvation and how all of this works. And this is what I learned in this verse and in other verses. When I believed in Jesus, sealed with the Holy Spirit, sealed with the Spirit. And I am now forever his son, not because of my performance, but because of his promise. I'm not the one who keeps myself a Christian. I'm not the one who keeps myself in a relationship with God. No, I'm a Christian not because I keep myself a Christian. I'm a Christian because he keeps me, because he has promised that I'm always his, because he has sealed me and made me his forever. And so that's where my confidence comes from not from myself. Oh, it's so miserable. But I also don't want no confidence. No, there's a better solution. There's a better answer. Not self-confidence, but confidence that comes from the Spirit. And so look again, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. 
In him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. Sealed with the Holy Spirit, and now the Holy Spirit's your down payment. Now, when this was written, very similar to today, if you bought something, you would put a down payment, and then you could start enjoying the possession that you bought after you put a down payment. So if you buy a house, you put 20% down. You don't wait till the house is fully paid for to start enjoying the house. You enjoy it after you've put down the down payment. Similar with us. Holy Spirit moves into our life. The Holy Spirit's the down payment. We start enjoying a relationship with God right now. But the Holy Spirit's also the down payment, guaranteeing that our future redemption is coming, that there's a time that we are with him forever because the Holy Spirit's the down payment and God never defaults on what he pays for. He paid for us in full when he sacrificed himself for us on the cross and the Holy Spirit is now the down payment, guaranteeing our salvation, guaranteeing our salvation redemption. So no confidence is misery. Self-confidence is misery. Confidence in the Spirit is much better. Confidence in the Spirit is much better because the Holy Spirit has moved into the life of every Christian. He's come alongside you. He's with you. He's your confidence. The Holy Spirit is the one who protects you. He's always with you. He protects that he has made you pure, that you are fully forgiven. The Holy Spirit is your confidence because the Holy Spirit guarantees that a day is coming when all wrongs are made right, when the curse is reversed, when all the things in this life that bring pain are undone. The Holy Spirit is your confidence because he's with you and he always has your best interest in mind. And so my confidence comes from my counselor. Why don't you say that with me right now? My confidence comes from my counselor. When this world beats you up, remind yourself, my confidence comes not from this world that is so traumatic at times, so devastating, so painful. That's not where my confidence comes from. My confidence comes from my counselor. When you wrestle with, like I did my senior year in high school, like, does God still love me? I've totally blown it this week. My confidence comes from my counselor. My counselor, the Holy Spirit, has moved into my life and my confidence comes from Him. I don't have to live with self-confidence and I don't have to live with no confidence. I enjoy spirit confidence. My confidence comes from my counselor. Now, I want you to notice this passage one more time because I want you to see when your confidence begins. Confidence not in yourself and not being plagued with no confidence, but when true confidence from the Spirit begins. In Him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. So, this is when the Holy Spirit moves into your life. When you hear the gospel of your salvation and when you believe. So the gospel of your salvation, that's the good news. The good news 
that you don't have to place confidence in yourself to climb your way to God, to earn your way to him. But no, you put confidence in what Jesus did for you in the cross. That's the gospel, that Jesus on the cross takes all of your sin and all of your shame upon himself. And if you will believe in him, he will fully forgive you and make you his son, his daughter forever. That's the the good news of the gospel, that Jesus came here to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And the gospel strips us of our self-confidence because we realize I can't get God to love me. I can't earn my way to him. I can't achieve him. You don't have to achieve him. You receive his mercy and his love and you receive his grace. And when you receive Jesus, Holy Spirit of God moves into your life and you are sealed in his forever. But the Holy Spirit doesn't come into your life until you hear the gospel of truth and believe. All right, extend your hands please and let me pray a prayer of blessing over you as we go. Jesus, I pray you'd bless your sons and daughters this week, that you would remind them that you are gentle and approachable and that you love them. Cause your face to shine on them. I pray they will experience your mercy and your joy this new week. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Go in peace, have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to the Mariner's Weekend Message Podcast. To support the ministry of Mariner's Church, you can click the link in the show notes or download the Mariner's app at your favorite app store. If you've been navigating God's wisdom with us through this year's annual read and would like to hear personal reflections from pastors in your community, check out the Gospel Everyday Podcast. Imagine feeding your heart, mind, and soul with the kind of practical wisdom that will change your life. If you haven't picked up the annual read yet, visit marinerschurch.org or download the Mariners app for more information on where to find it.